Hello, and welcome to the Sacrifice of Praise podcast, where we discuss what it means to praise God even when it's difficult. My name is Tori. And my name is Mary. And we are your hosts. Come chat about faith and life with your new sisters in Christ and enjoy learning and growing alongside us. We are so glad you're here. Hello, and welcome back to the Sacrifice of Praise podcast. Today's saint that we will be discussing is Saint Jose Maria Escriva. And we're really excited about this saint because this one was actually one of the saints that was submitted to us on our Instagram when we were asking for potential saints to cover on this series. And I don't think Mary nor I have any prior knowledge to this saint before kind of this episode and preparing for this episode. And it's been a treat to learn more about this saint. Um, So Escriva was a Spanish-born Catholic priest whose ministry began during the time in which the church in Spain was facing growing hatred. So it was a really tough time. And he was canonized in 2002 by Pope John Paul II. And he is known as the saint of the ordinary. And so we'll talk all about what that means and um, give some brief history and facts about him. And we're really excited to dive into his life. But before we do that, we're going to share some of our current favorites. So Mary, what have you been loving? Yeah, I decided to share a couple of my favorite current like worship songs. One in particular I have loved and it has been on repeat and just stuck in my head and it's just so beautiful. I saw another, like I saw a Catholic blogger, um, she had posted some story and this was the song in her story and I had never heard it. And so I went and listened to it and I'm obsessed with it. It's called... You Remain. It's by Meredith Malden. And um, I think it's like technically produced by Upper Room. If you're familiar with like worship music, they're like a a church, a um, worship band, Upper Room. So anyways, that's called You Remain. Love that song. And then another one, actually, my friend sent to me a few months back. Um, it is by Katie Nicole, which she has a couple really big worship songs right now that are popular, but this song is called Living Proof, and my friend had sent it to me and said, this song reminds me so much of Bloom, and it's just the the lyrics in it are just so beautiful, and it basically is kind of talking about, like, how, like, for example, like, Bloom is just living proof that there's a real God and that, like, he still heals and all these things, so it was just a really like special thing that my friend sent that to me and I've been loving that song. So both of these songs are on our sacrifice of praise, um, Spotify playlist. If you want to follow us on there, we ask like every couple weeks or so on our Instagram for people to submit their favorite, um, like worship songs of the moment. And so we, I try to keep it updated as much as possible. So that's been really a fun little side thing. So if you want to follow us, if you just search, I think you can either search my name, Mary Rose Ivy or, um, sacrifice of praise and find it. Yes. And I will say Mary is the one behind this little prod side project. And it's been so great because I am not as into worship music. I shouldn't say as into, but I just don't listen to it as often. But when I feel called, I always pull up our Spotify playlist that Mary put together and you have some really great ones on there. And so I'll have to definitely check these two out. Yeah. It's been fun. What about you? What are, What's your current favorite? Okay, so mine is a recent um, Amazon Prime Day sale 
purchase. It is our new Roomba vacuum. And this was very much a kind of spontaneous buy. I wasn't really planning on buying it, but I was scoping the Prime Day deals and this one popped up and I had seen it a few times on like Instagram of other people I follow giving reviews. And I'm like, you know what? This, it came at a point where I have been after every single meal, we've got three boys. It is just so gross. There's so many crumbs. There's so many just like little tiny pieces of food all over our dining room table. And it like spreads throughout the kitchen. So I feel like I was just constantly cleaning like all day, nonstop. And so (laughs) it was just, I was like, okay, this is going to hopefully help that. And it has been really great and really awesome. So I, it's kind of loud. That would be like one of the negative sides of it, but it's nice. So we'll go like go for a walk or go outside and then I'll just, I'll run it then after breakfast or lunch. And it just does its little thing, goes around the house, picks up and it picks up quite a lot, which has been nice. Um, I would say you probably still, it doesn't replace actual vacuuming, but it does help like pick some of the little crumbs up. So It's been great. I love it. It's been a huge like little game changer in our day. Um, And I just, it's nice to like walk into the kitchen and not have to step on all the little, (laughs) little crumbs. (laughs) I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I've seen, obviously heard of Roombas, but never even have thought to get one, but maybe for that exact reason, I need one too. We'll see. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wish list. (laughs) Yeah. It's just so easy. You know, you don't have to think too much about it and it's it's easy cleanup too the filter you just kind of dump it right after it's done and that's nice yeah so it's been nice I will say I have a very lovely dog who does a lot of the crumb oh for that's us, also so. huge yes we don't have one of those but <laughs> yeah yeah I'm he sure a pretty good job but <laughs> I'm sure Bloom like feeds Oh, no yeah he has to stay in the other room when she eats he he's a, such a good listener so he like will just say you have to go on the couch and so he goes on the couch when she eats and he stays over there but then when she's done he gets to come over <laughs> usually I've already picked like the big things up but yeah he does get the the nice little crumbs and he loves <laughs> yeah <laughs> I love it yes okay well we will go ahead and jump into um Saint Jose Maria Scriva like Tori said, this was a submission from Instagram, and so it was really awesome to learn about him. He is so incredible. His story is just wonderful, and I feel like he's a very, like JP2 says, he's the saint of the ordinary, and so we'll kind of explain how he got that name, but just brief background of who he is. He was born in 1902, so he's kind of a more recent saint. He died in 1990 or 1975. Um he was born in Spain into a very Catholic family and, and like right away was super into his faith. He started memorizing prayers when he was really little, just very young age started kind of diving into his faith, very close to God from the beginning. He did have a kind of hard childhood. He had a lot of things that he had to overcome. He lost three of his younger sisters when he was little and then his father lost his job. And then eventually, I think when he was in um, the seminary, his father passed away also. So he just kind of went through a lot of hardship. But in 1925, Jose Maria was ordained a priest. So he was a priest, a Catholic priest. And then 
just this is kind of just like the gist of his the whole timeline but we'll get into more of like what he did but then he died in June of 1975 of a heart attack so that's kind of his timeline but he lived such a holy life just so completely devoted to God so I'll let Tori dive into how he kind of lived that holy life yeah I just want to reflect quickly on his background and timeline and what stuck out to me was just how common it is for saints to have suffered greatly in their life and go through hardship. And so I feel like this is a common theme that we've noticed as we're doing some research on saints. So just they have their own cross that they have to carry or multiple crosses that they have to carry throughout their life. And I feel like that in itself, like through those little crosses helps get them to live a holier life or um, even grow in their faith. So it's pretty inspiring to see when a saint didn't have it easy and kind of had had suffered as well, especially as it relates to our suffering and how maybe we look can look to saints and in, in turning that suffering into into good. Like Mary said, he lived a very holy life and Saint Pope John Paul II called him the saint of the ordinary, which we mentioned earlier. When he was 15, he started having a deep sense that God wanted to use him to do something for his kingdom. And so he was very smart, very bright guy. And he had this desire to become an architect. And he basically gave that dream up to become a priest and say yes to God. So he was pretty much ready for whatever God wanted him to do. He was very devout to the will of God. He founded Opus Dei, which means the work of God. And he went on a retreat in Madrid and God revealed this to him so clearly. The point of this mission was to show lay people that they could also devote their entire lives to God. And it wasn't just for priests that had that opportunity. Literally anyone could live a life of devotion to God. Mm-hmm. So he was trying to start Opus Dei during a time in which Spain, in Spain, the priests and Catholics were under attack for their faith. So it was a very hard time. Churches were literally being burned down. And after eight years of trying to spread the message of Opus Dei, he only had like 20 people join. Mm-hmm. And the Spanish Civil War began in 1936, and thousands of priests and nuns were murdered during this time. Jose Maria had just quite the journey through throughout this. He pretended to be insane for a while, and he hid in a psych ward. And he joined a group of smugglers in Barcelona, and eventually that war ended. But then the world war began. So it was just like one thing after the next. And through all this, he persisted with Opus Dei. And then slowly but surely, it began to rapidly grow, including the first conversions of lay people into the priesthood. And he traveled to Rome to gain the Vatican's help with Opus Dei and ended up staying there for the rest of his life. So he had quite the life, quite the journey. And I think what's really parent as you're listening to this is that he did not stop regardless of all the obstacles that came regardless of his situation of what was going on in the world he felt so strongly that god was calling him to this opus day that he did not give up on it even when like after eight years he only had 20 people like he just persisted and persisted until it finally came to fruition which is just really inspiring yeah he I watched this video about him and um, 
when he was like explaining the retreat and like when it came to him, he was, he said that basically he just saw God say Opus Day, like say the, those words to him. And he knew that like, that was what he had to do for the rest of his life was figure out what Opus Day is and figure out like how to make it happen. And so he, I mean, truly in everything that I've read, every video I've watched, he devoted his entire life to showing lay people that they can live a holy life too and making it this really beautiful part of the Catholic church. So it was really awesome to read that, that part of um, his life. And then, as you know, you have to have miracles um, associated with you for canonization. And so he was a priest that I also read, sorry, that he, for this Opus Dei, as he was growing it, he traveled all over the world to be where Opus Dei was growing and to to explain what Opus Dei was and to get it off the ground for all of these different like churches. And so when he died, he already had so many people that knew him, that loved him, that were part of Opus Dei. And so immediately after his death, people started praying for his intercession. And there were tons of miracles attributed to him. I mean, tons. I read on his, and even now there are tons of miracles attributed to him. He has, there's a website all about him and all about the miracles that have come through his intercession. Um, but there's two specifically that were kind of like associated with his canonization. So the first one, the biggest one that was associated was um, there was a doctor who was, he was diagnosed with cancerous chronic radiodermatitis. And basically this is like an incurable cancer. And then, um, so he was completely cured of that. And then um, a surgeon who had a like career ending disease prayed for his intercession. It was like a career ending disease on his hand and he was fully healed from that. And then the other thing that Jose Maria is very known for and is we'll get to as the patron saint of, but he actually suffered from diabetes um, for over 10 years, but he was during his life, Jose Maria was miraculously cured after a very terrible bout of, he had like a, um, kind of like, yeah, just a terrible bout of the diabetes and he was miraculously cured from that. So yeah, it just, I mean, like I said, there are tons of miracles associated with him. So if you are someone who struggles with diabetes or have family members that struggle with diabetes, any really ailment. He is a great one to ask for intercession. So those were just a couple of like the big ones that contributed to his canonization. So his feast day is on June 26th. And then um, he was canonized in 2002 by JP2. And like I said, he's the patron saint of diabetes. So if you or someone you know suffers from diabetes, he is a great one to intercede for you. So now we're going to kind of transition a little bit and talk more about Opus Dei because Opus Dei is still very much a thing in the Catholic Church. And um, so we have just some kind of facts that Tori actually pulled. So I'll let Tori kind of kick us off with this. Yeah. So this, there's a whole website. So if you go to Opus Dei website, this is where we're pulling a lot of these questions from that kind of explains what is Opus Dei and how Jose Maria came to to find this and to found this. 
And so first, we just thought maybe it'd be helpful to explain how it came about. We had mentioned that he had seen this or had heard the words Opus Dei, um, but what did that actually look like? So on October 2nd, after Mass, Father Jose Maria returned to his room and he began to put his notes in order. So resolutions and inspirations taken down during his prayer, and he meditated upon them many times throughout the day already. But there suddenly he saw the long-awaited will of God. He always used the verb to see on the rare occasions in which he referred to that supernatural intervention. It was an intellectual vision of Opus Dei, such as God wished it to be, and as it would be down the throughout the centuries. So what was it that he saw? What did he see? In an ineffable way, he saw people of every nation, race, and of every age and culture seeking and finding God right there in the middle of the ordinary life through their work, their family, their friendships, people who look for Jesus in order to love him and to live his holy life until they were completely transformed and made into saints. So saints in the world, a tailor saint, a banker saint, an office saint, a factory worker saint, a saint seemingly like everyone else around him, but deeply identified with Jesus Christ, a person who directs all of his activity to God, who sanctifies his work, who sanctifies himself in his work and sanctifies others through it. It's a person who Christianizes his surroundings, who with warm, simple friendships also helps his neighbor to come closer to Jesus, just someone who is all around on fire with um, their faith and their faith is contagious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. I think when I was watching the videos about him and people were talking about him, he just showed all like all the people in Opus Dei so much love. He had so much love for everyone and so, truly so much belief. I think, you know, mainly because of this kind of vision that he received, but so much belief that anyone could become a saint wherever you're at, whatever you do. Um, so in 1968, he was, he sat down for an interview just about Opus Dei and kind of how it has developed and how it has changed since he founded it. And so a couple quotes from him, he said, from its very beginning, Opus Dei's only aim has been to contribute to their being in the midst of the world, men and women of every race and social condition who try to love and serve God and their fellow man in and through their everyday work. Since the foundation of that work in 1928, my teaching has been that sanctity is not reserved for a privileged few. All the ways of the earth, every state in life, every profession, every honest task can be divine, which I love. And then he said, and this message has multiple or has numerous implications, which the life of the work has helped me to grasp with ever greater depth and clarity. The work was born small and has grown up normally, little by little, like a living organism, like everything that develops in history. But its objectives have not changed, nor will they change, no matter how greatly society may be transformed. The message of Opus Dei is that under all circumstances, any honest work can be sanctified. I love that. I I just smile because I feel like that is still true. And even today's world, like everything that we do, we can sanctify. We can we can give glory to God, Um, even in the mundane things like being staying at home and being a mom and like doing laundry and dishes and all those things like you can give glory to God through those little 
little everyday moments of life. And I think that's even more true today than maybe it even was when he was referring to this in this interview. So I think it's just yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Love that. Okay. So then what activities does Opus Day organize? So Opus Day provides training, support, and guidance or spiritual formation for its members. So there's members, Op- Opus Day has like a membership that you can um, join and they help them carry out the mission of the world. So it also offers this formation to anyone else who's wanting to engage their faith at a deeper level. It organizes classes, conferences, days of recollection, spiritual direction, etc., aimed at making the gospel and church teachings better known and lived. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, you know, like we kind of said earlier, people of all kinds belong to Opus Day. So Priests, lay people, men, women, young, old, married, single, every occupation, every social situation, most members are married and have families, but you don't have to be. Um, And there are currently 85,000 members of Opus Day worldwide right now. Mm -hmm. And then I just pulled this from EWTN because I think it has helped kind of clarify like what, where does Opus Day lie in the church? And so Opus Day is neither a religious order like the Dominicans or Franciscans and Jesuits, nor is it a secular institute or religious movement. It is a personal prelature. So 95% is laity and then only 5% is clergy. It is comprised of all walks of life, like we've mentioned, doctors, lawyers, homemakers, teachers, bus drivers, you name it. So the goal is for each member of Opus Dei to bring their Roman Catholic faith into their whole life, homework and play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, yeah, I, I honestly, I've heard of Opus Day before, but I have never looked into it at all. Really had no idea what it was. So this was helpful for me to know. And honestly, making the connection with, you know, Father Jose Maria Escriva and just learning a little bit more about his life just was honestly, like you said, kind of a treat. He just seemed so full of love. And I think he's a great example of you know, like diving into his fiat and just really saying Mm -hmm. yes to what God put in front of him and making it this beautiful thing for the church and for God. I just, it's very inspiring. So I'm glad that someone submitted this one because I, I, like I said, didn't know anything about him. And so I think that now I'll always kind of have this, um, saint in the back of my mind for those special occasions. So yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I feel like I had also heard of Opus Dei, but not, I did not know any of the details really. I did not, I didn't know he founded it. So it's really interesting to learn about. And I found too, through like the research that we did, that a lot of the members of Opus Dei kind of live a quieter life. or like, don't outwardly speak about mm-hmm. Opus Dei um, and, and just are pretty humble is from what I was reading. So I, that is probably part of the reason why maybe mm-hmm. I wasn't haven't heard too much about it. So it was just an interesting, interesting saint to learn about and just interesting to learn more about what Opus Dei is and what they do. So this was a fun one. Yes, it was. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for submitting all of these saints. We have a couple other ones that we literally had, have no clue who they are and we're so excited to learn about them. So you guys are awesome. Um, I'm assuming the person that submitted this probably knew about St. Jose Maria Escriva or knew a little bit and wanted to learn more. So 
regardless, it's fun to learn more about all of these saints. So we're going to go ahead and end in prayer. We're going to um, say the prayer for the intercession of St. Jose Maria Escriva. So if you or someone you know in your family or loved one um, is dealing with any ailment or any work issues or diabetes, um, this is a great time to bring those intentions to St. Jose Maria Escriva to pray for you. Okay, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O God, through the mediation of Mary, our mother, you granted your priest, St. Jose Maria, countless graces, choosing him as a most faithful instrument to found Opus Dei, a way of sanctification in daily work and in the fulfillment of the Christian's ordinary duties. Grant that I, too, may learn to turn all the circumstances and events of my life into occasions of loving you and serving the church, the Pope, and all souls with joy and simplicity, lighting up the pathways of this earth with faith and love. Deign to grant me, through the intercession of St. Jose Maria, my request. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a friendly review. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Sacrifice of Praise Podcast and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast so you never miss an episode. Until next time, know that we are praying for you. Bye. Bye.